In this episode, we're going to discuss a couple of the videos in episode 25 for the giveaway. We did have a submission come in that was a pretty good one. And I'm going to be sending that individual the definitive book of body language. I've already contacted them. But we'll look a little bit on detecting deception, pointing out a couple of the videos there and the things we see and discussing what this individual sent in. So that's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. Welcome to episode 38 of The Gray Man Show. So what we're going to discuss today are some videos, a little bit about them and some mission we had. I know I haven't been around for a while, but I tend not to do much the week before and the week after Patriot's Day on 9-11, just because I track what's going on, look for the different attacks, things that don't make the news, tend not to travel or do much because there's always something that happens everywhere. And there was quite a bit of that in the news. So I thought I would come back and discuss one of the submissions we had for the Gray Man giveaway. Even though I had said that we we're going to cancel it and redo it because there was a lot of pushback, a lot of, you know, we think it's too difficult. I did know that at some point some new listener would come on board and go ahead and submit a response, which we did have a guy that does that. I do want to point out when you go back there and look, I put on for the first video about the Sasquatch that I couldn't find the link. And that's because I put a bad link in there apparently, and I can't find the specific one. If I do find it again, I will bring it up and share it with people. What I wanted to point it out from that video just to let you know is the channel I used it on, as I described, the guy would read emails that were sent to him where somebody would tell a story about seeing a Sasquatch. And in this specific one, he read two different stories. The point was to bring up kind of the detecting deception and storytelling, how people structure their stories and responses. And as I said in the videos, a lot of these things were opposing points of views, conspiracies, politics, whatever, so that you can challenge your own biases. But in this specific one that I can't find anymore, there was two stories. So one guy tells a story where he's like, hey, here's who I am, so here's my story. And it had somewhat of an emotional storytelling to it, a little bit of more his emotions, how he felt about it, how it affected him, how it affected him today. It didn't 100% follow a logical pattern, meaning he kind of bounced around a little bit as he was hitting the highlights of the things that were most significant to him. Those tend to be ways somebody will construct a story when they're telling the truth. The other one, 30-40% of the entire story was this guy's prerequisites. Unasked questions about his expertise and knowledge to justify his story. His background, who he was, how much he goes out there, basically laying down the groundwork of why you should believe him. And then it was a very to-the-point pattern of following exactly what had happened. So when somebody does that and they give a huge prologue and overly justify who they are, which isn't requested to satisfy that answer, to make the answer seem more credible, tends to be deception. There's a lot of other things about the story where I was like, this guy's full of it. Whereas the stories that tend not to have the prologue tend to be more emotional, not necessarily follow a strict timeline, and tend to have kind of an epilogue summary at the end, which the other guys did, tends to be true. Through questioning, you can determine the veracity and validity of these statements. And I don't think if I sat down with either one of them and was able to ask questions that I would change my opinion on that. But that's kind of all that was in there. It was just seeing who would pick that up. Now, the individual did respond, and he was uh, very good about it. He sent a Facebook message as well as an email to make sure that I got it. We will call him JT. He doesn't want his real name used, so we're going to call him JT. 
and he uh, was a newer listener to the show, and he wanted to give it a shot. And he finds the show interesting, which I think is great. So thank you for that, JT. And he did mention right away he knew he was a little behind, but that was okay. He didn't even know if we were still doing the contest at the time he wrote this to me a little over a week ago, but that was fine. So looking at the first video he can see, which is the one with Governor Perry, he mentions that within the first 20 seconds, he shakes his head a lot on its own, doesn't mean anything. Not necessarily the case, but we'll get into that. I got the feeling at 37 seconds, he faked his smile, in my opinion. That's possible. Also, it could just be a smirk. It's a sign of nervousness. Could be a lot of different things. Wouldn't be unheard of in a political speech like this, where it wasn't just a speech. He was, I believe, answering some questions from the media. Throughout a speech pattern, speeds up and slows down, not to mention uses a lot of ums and uhs. Those are typically just people forming answers in their head and um, kind of like what I'm doing right now and um, putting it together. It's not really a prepared answer. So doesn't mean it's necessarily more honest or not deceptive. doesn't really mean either. It just means that they're creating that answer as they're speaking. So my overall thought with all this put together is he's being deceiving in the video. I can tell you that on every video there is deception, but there's also a lot of truth telling. So if you watch this video, what I want you to look at, I did this with a guy the other day, it's a minute and a half long, I think. When you're playing it, I want you to pay attention to shaking your head as in no and nodding your head as in yes. That's the biggest takeaways from this video. You want to balance those against his statements where he makes some statements in the affirmative, meaning like yes, or this is what I believe. And in some cases, he nods his head yes. It's a supportive body language. Whereas in others, he shakes his head no, basically contrary to what he's saying. And then there's one's exact opposite. He makes negative statements like a denial or saying no, or I don't believe this type thing. And sometimes he shakes his head no in support of it. And sometimes he nods his head yes. You'll see it's about 50-50 in this. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean deception. And even if it does mean deception, it doesn't mean a person's lying. So an example is he's talking a lot about things like the environment, different things like that, scientific studies. There's reasons why you might give off this type of deception, which doesn't necessarily mean lying. Remember, most of this is subconscious. It could be that he doesn't have a lot of faith in the studies. It could be he doesn't review this himself as information he's given. It could be he's just following the platform. There's a lot of reasons why you would give these contradictory body language statements against your verbal statements that would be contradictory. So while it probably is deception, doesn't necessarily mean lying. But you will find that people do this a lot, and you can determine kind of the real true thoughts about it. Sometimes people say things in support of something and shake their head no because they don't really believe it. Sometimes that's subconscious, like mentally, consciously, they're not aware of it. They're not sure if they believe in it, just things like that. And that's kind of the biggest biggest thing in that video the next one is the guy spencer who's a known white supremacist and he mentioned that he held his hands a lot maybe he's an anchor maybe just stressed i would say it's probably stress one thing when you watch this video at least when you see a full body shot when he's standing there a couple times you can kind of see him move forward and move back with his foot but he keeps one foot on the ground that's probably his anchor because in this video they're standing sometimes the way they talk like that with their hands but their hands back together is something you see politicians or trained speakers do regular orders do it's just something that kind of a pattern they set that can mean something sometimes it doesn't he mentions that uh he gives a fake no just at his opinion at 21 seconds i would say based on that they mentioned a thing about you don't see this as condemnation and the way he does it he kind of shrugs it off like he gives a shoulder shrug 
kind of looks to the side real quick and then shakes his head no is more a sign of arrogance and condescension than anything he may very well believe that but that's hard to say one thing that was really good that he pointed out that jt found about this guy spencer is that around 31 seconds after asked a question he mentions a lot about what he doesn't do and believe i don't do this i don't believe this instead of being specific and saying here's what i do believe and i do do so one thing about denials there's nothing wrong with denials in general but when you're asked about something and says well do you believe in this and a person doesn't answer that question it doesn't have to be a yes or no but they don't answer that question they instead go to what i don't do or don't believe tends to be a strong sign of deception you also notice that just prior to that which is after the part we mentioned about him shrugging it off kind of follow up on that question he mentions like i'm not the kkk i'm not these things so he's not really in denial they, they didn't ask a lot of specific art questions but he's not truly in denial about who he is or what he's doing he's trying to separate himself from other organizations that have the same belief systems he's trying to slightly put it on them very suggestively but minimally and distance himself from things that are well known to be considered negative or bad which they are of course negative and bad and that's kind of what he's doing there it's very common that people at that level whether they're politicians or not do that you see it all the time in briefings it doesn't have to be the president it could be a cop police chief coming out it could be a lawyer it could be anybody that does an interview even a famous actor and sometimes when they're asked questions more personal more direct or a little more touchy to them instead of being specific to that question they'll answer the question that isn't asked which is a design deception so you don't do this do you well let me tell you what i do deception do you believe in this let me tell you what i don't believe these are all signs of deception doesn't mean they're truly answering that question. Some people make that assumption. Not always the case. It's just they're avoiding that question because it's going to easily lead into making statements they won't want to make or give follow-up possibilities they don't want to answer. The Al Gore video, his overall assessment was he needs more footage to determine what to believe and he thinks he does a good job at hiding it. I think if you go back and look at that whole thing about nodding your head and shaking your head contrary to what your verbal statements are, you'll find more of it in the Al Gore video. I think his was, to me, a lot easier to see. A lot more noticeable very deceptive in that video i think he believes a lot of that stuff but it's very clear there's some statements he makes especially when it comes to numbers and science but he's not being completely honest he's being more deceptive and some of it's because of the numbers he uses and facts that he uses where people give out information that they're either given or it's a rounded up number rounded down or whatever it's not truly the information they know or can support so they'll give off a deceptive behavior about it and then in the Sanford video, the guy gave the famous speech for the Air Force about UFOs. He talks about how he's sitting there and kind of shifts nervously and has his hand on the table and uses an anchor. Those are all actual, factual, true. It's a little bit more difficult because it's older. People weren't as socially engaged as they are now. Even when they are, things were different. Language use was different. How we spoke was different. What was expected of people was different. Everything about life was different then. But there are some things that are very similar. That's probably the best video where somebody is hiding deception and controlling their body as well as their answers very well. And he's not really answering much. It's the longer video where a couple of things are pointed out and he re-records things a few times till they come up with the video. And it's a prepared statement about UFOs and whether or not they're being investigated and how many are credible and incredible sources and how that all works. Very famous video. Now, while there's a lot more in all of these videos, I just wanted to specifically address what was brought up and point those things out. The thing is, it's 
overall, most people tend to do the same things. There's always things you can look for, but there's consistencies among most people most of the time that they just don't realize they have. Like we've never really got into IXS queuing. We'll eventually add that in because I could add that in a lot with the body language stuff. But you'll see some consistencies. You'll see some sort of anchor, some way that they're holding on to something to feel secure. Sometimes it's a foot ground in the ground. Sometimes they're seeking comfort through an anchor by massaging like a wedding ring or a watch or something like that. You'll see people come up and almost scratch their eye, but actually scratch below their eye, kind of rub their finger on it, which is, a, I can't believe I'm hearing this. I can't believe I'm seeing this. If they're witnessing something, if they're engaged in a conversation and they do that, it's more of a sign of arrogance and they do that and look away because they don't want to see your response. They want to try to give off that persona they just portrayed and they know that they'll betray that idea if they keep staring at you. You'll see people be contradictory with the head, shaking their head when they're saying yes to something, nodding their head when they're saying no to something. That's quite common. You'll see people kind of cover their mouth or their eyes kind of, or their ears to hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. It's a sign of deception. They have the thing called the thinker, kind of like the thinking man statue where he makes the fist and he's got it under his chin, you know, and he's sitting there and people do similar things like that. Like I do it a lot, a way a lot of people do where when I put my hand on my chin, I actually have my middle finger under my lip, my thumb under my chin and my forefinger kind of goes up the side of my cheek. That's the thinker. It's somebody that's pondering what's going on or preparing an answer or just evaluating what's being said. You get the crossed arms. People providing comfort to themselves doesn't mean they're necessarily closed off. A lot of times they'll do it in debate or discussion because they are focused on you. They may not care what you have to say or believe in it, but they're taking time like the thinker, but they're closed off probably to what you're saying, but they are listening to you because they're preparing a response. They want to give a rebuttal because they strongly believe some opposing viewpoint, which is very common. Or you get just different ways people stand and where their hands go, like in their pockets or when they cross their arms, do they cross left over right, right or left where their thumbs placed? There's a lot of things like this. People do that. If you understand what they are, you can figure out consistent patterns and behaviors on how people behave to determine how much bullshit are they giving you when you talk? And then you determine, does that even matter? Are they actually saying anything that matters enough to me to where I care? That way, instead of just shooting down everything they say or trying to point out every flaw, you can take the time to evaluate it to determine the bigger picture or where you want to go, maybe not in the next response, but three minutes down the road in the conversation, which is the same idea as about thinking 10 just moves ahead. Some things you can do on your own, though, like when you see a person or an actor, somebody you know or don't know, and you see them tend to or recognize the fact that they tend to make certain facial expressions or body movements head pivots, hand placements, something they seem to do a lot. If you can identify what it is they're doing, but not why they're doing it, all you got to do is look that up a line. You can just look up something simple. I rub body language, something like that. Look it up. You'll find more than one website that'll give some sort of definition of it. Some will be appear to be contrary where they're just incomplete. Some of them will have some of the similar statements over and over again, and they'll say, well, it can mean this or this. Like, all right, then you look at the situation or the situations you've seen many times and try to figure out which one does it mean or does it mean one sometimes, one the other times, and you kind of pick up on that. It's even possible that if you never even look that up again or think about it again, that whenever you see that in the future with them or somebody else, you kind of make that connection because you've learned it once. Now, it doesn't mean 
you're going to be right because most of these things actually have more than one meeting depending on use or whether or not they're involved in a conversation or witnessing it. But that's something you can do. You can look up these little things. What are things people do in your life? Body language, head movements, hand movements, ways they phrase things that happen all the time, especially the ones you notice that irritate you or maybe you even like them. Look them up and see what they mean. That way you can determine what's actually happening. A lot of times you'll find that we make suppositions about people's intentions or statements. And then we tend to sometimes even support them with some sort of correlating body language we see. We think correlates because it's around the same time of the conversation. Come to find out they don't correlate. Doesn't mean your belief's wrong. It could actually be right and just might be your justification for it's incorrect. Or it might be that your supposition is completely wrong because you misunderstand something you're seeing or it's incomplete. And then it changes the entire meaning of the conversation. So definitely look those up and use them to your advantage. It's the same idea as like dogs. Like I have a dog. You can read articles about how dogs behave and what it means. People have studied over years. People are no different. Most people give off a lot more body language most of the time. It's kind of like when people have kids, they start noticing things about their character and personality as they develop. And a lot of it has to do with how they look at you, how they behave, how they grin, how they hold their hair or their head or the movements they make when they're doing stuff. And you pick up on these early because it's the first signs and you're seeing them all the time. And you tend to learn they mean certain things. And then maybe over time, the kid starts to use it to their advantage when they realize what they're able to do or what you're saying or you tell them or whatever. That's just human nature. But every person has that. They don't have to be a child for you to see that. So look for those things, look them up and determine what they are, what they mean, what's really happening. Remember too, that when you're looking for these things that people do, it's all situationally dependent based on the environment and what's happening. So one common example of deception is Types of self-grooming, like playing with your hair, playing with your fingertips, checking your nails, can be signs of deception. Short of anything like they've got a hangnail, they got a splinter, just normal things like that. But let's say a guy's at a bar, common place to meet women. He talks to a woman. She's kind of running her fingers through her hair, showing her neck and her ear by pulling her hair back. It's a form of self-grooming that's not deception. It's opening up vulnerable, vital points of her body. It's showing interest. Those are completely different. They're not necessarily signs of deception unless she's willingly doing it on purpose to kind of mislead you. Most likely it's not going to be deception. Whereas in other conversations where somebody looks away and they scratch their head and they're just staring at their fingertips and playing with them, kind of like, you know, they look at, they bend their fingers over like it's half a fist and they're looking at their four fingers and rubbing their thumb across it or playing with it a little bit. That's a self-grooming feature sign of deception. Whereas the other situation, a bar, not a sign of deception. So don't remember that one of the reasons things can mean more than one thing is because of the environment and situation in which they're used or just the conversation itself. That's the biggest reason why they can mean more than one thing. So make sure you take note of not just a person did this and it means this, doesn't mean it in that situation. That's where a lot of people mess this up. A very interesting one, which isn't something you're necessarily going to do on the street, but is you get somebody to tell your story backwards. Try to tell it in reverse. If they know it that well because it's natural and normal to them, they should generally be able to tell it in reverse. Now, it's not to say that if somebody's lying or being deceptive, they can't do that, especially if it's a well-rehearsed story. Even if they've never practiced telling it in reverse, if it's well-rehearsed, they can go backwards and do it. But even then through questioning, you can figure things out like details they should know, get more details in certain areas. It makes sense that they would logically know. Doesn't mean that if they don't know them is deception, but if they don't know most of what a general person would consider logical or reasonable and it probably is deception. 
So there's all kinds of ways to do it. But the reverse story thing is fun. There was an exercise we did here when I worked in this program where people were sent out to do things and buy things, kind of this whole thing. And some people were going to tell the truth. Some people were going to lie. And the guys that were studying this weren't Intel guys, but they were asked, they asked them like, uh, what's, what's, uh, tell me the story in reverse. You know, what happened here? What happened next? Or they kind of pick it apart. And although they weren't right all the time and who was being deceptive or not, that kind of screwed some people up. One of the things they missed was if they understood body language even at all or were even just looking at the people when they were reading their questions. Because what they do is they'd look down, read it, and look up the person, they'd miss the reaction. So they should have read the question, looked up at them, said it out loud, saw the reaction, and they would have realized some people they missed, they would have got them as deception because of the reactions they couldn't control when they were asked about a specific piece of the story or tell the story in reverse. Some people weren't prepared for that. Most people aren't. So it was another way to determine deception. But hey, try it on your kids because that's always fun. As always, remember to like and share on whatever platform you're on. We're on 15 or so different podcast platforms as well as Facebook and Twitter. Definitely like and share with other people. Let them know about this program. You think it's something that's going to interest them. Make sure you send me questions or comments. If I answer a question on air, it's definitely good enough to make a whole show out of. We'll send you one of these books. I still have a few left. So you get a free book on reading emotions, detecting deception, or reading body language are the books that I have. Hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to talking to you here soon again with some more shows right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.